welcome to another episode where we are meeting people, professionals from all over the world. And I do have the pleasure today is a very special day because I am sure I will get to learn so much. I am not going to say anything. I will let her introduce herself first and then we'll dive in into our uh, normal program which covers cultures, communication systems, and uh, business etiquette, basically things that will get you closer to uh, the guest culture and also get you closer to the ways they do things. That way you can connect better and do a lot of business with this culture. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, everybody, and I should say good morning because I'm calling in from Australia, and um, the time here is 6.30 a.m., and it's a very, very early start, but it's awesome. I'm, I'm a very, I mean, a morning person anyway. My name is Rita, and yes, I am living in Australia right now. However, I, am, I was born in South Africa. I am of Indian descent. And I'll let you know something. And you might say, oh my God, you know, uh, how could you have been born in South Africa? About, um, oh, my great-grandparents had moved to South Africa from India. Huh? And so um, that's how I ended up being born in South Africa. Okay. And when we came to Australia, um, I remember having a dinner party one day. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, people that... I had not known before, not met before, some of the people. And I asked one of the guys, you know, so where are you from? And he said he was from somewhere in Europe, like a really small town. I can't even remember the place. And I said, wow, I didn't realize there were Indians there. And he said, Indians and potatoes, you'll find everywhere. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I said, okay. You know, it's so funny how we have a perception that, people from a certain culture can only be in a certain place. Well, with, with the world the way it is and globalize and people are moving everywhere, expect to have people, it's like here, we have people from India as well, a very large community. We are going to start, um, and your name was Rita Mystery, right? Yes. And yes. Mystery is an Indian last Indian. name? Yes. Yes. All right. Now, here's what I want to understand. And our audience, we want them to take that information and use it to their advantage. Yep, sure. And I do understand that India has a caste system. Mm -hmm. We'll start from there. Explain to us what is a caste system? How does it work? Um, how is the, the variation in communication styles within the caste system? We would love to know a lot more about the caste system. So the caste system in India, I don't know a lot about it um, because it's something that um, I guess grinds me a little bit mm -hmm. uh, because it, it's separation, right? Okay. As opposed to togetherness. Um, so with the caste system, it's about the way it had come about, I believe, from my grandparents' uh, explanation, is that it was 
portrayed. So say, so the caste that I'm from is a potter maker. So we, my great, great grandparents used to make do pottery. And okay. then you have those that are the jewelers. And then you have those that are the warriors and those that are the priests. So each caste okay. was dependent on what their trade was. I see. And the reason you'd marry into your own caste was because it made it easier for the girl to follow into that trade. I see. So imagine if you were um, from the pottery field or your family was from there and you married yeah. into the jeweler family, you'd have to adjust and learn all their ways. Uh-huh. You know how I'm to make jewelry. Um, whereas today we have university, you know, everybody goes to have an ac academia and so, you know, if you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, that is then your caste. You know? Um, so I, for me, anyhow, I don't believe that that system applies in today's world because of the way we live. Is the caste you know, and then it had, yeah, yeah, and then it also had, it is, in India, in the countryside, I believe it still is very strong. Still, still strong. Yep, because there are those families that would only want um, their daughters to marry into a particular caste because there's even then a hierarchy in the caste, right? Um, uh -huh. So you shouldn't be in a lower caste or, you know, it's, um, how can I say? You know, so say like in the, the Western culture, uh -huh. if you're from um, a, a wealthy family, uh -huh. And then, you know, your, your child meets someone that is, you know, not, not from that same status. Then okay. even in today's culture, we have that, you know, where, where the parents are not happy or because it's not what they feel is enough for their child, perhaps. Got it. So basically a caste, just so that we can understand the caste system is a form of segregation based on trade, exactly. whatever the trade is. So yes. within yes. that trade, within that trade, there is hierarchy. Like uh, in a jeweler, for example, a jeweler uh, marrying um, somebody from another jeweler is okay. That's okay. okay, but is, is, there, is there a hierarchy within that caste system? I, I don't know whether there's hierarchy, but I know that it's, you know, there's certain areas that people live in. And so there's, huh? oh, you know, if you live in that area, then you're from that. They, they even follow different traditions. You know, so within the caste also, there's people that would have um, different ways of doing things. Um, wow. We, which makes it a bit complex. And like I said, you know, it's not something that is uh, close to my heart. Yeah, well. Uh, because for me, it actually is separation. And I'm a person that's all about togetherness. Yes. Um, I was uh, talking, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was talking to someone yesterday from Pakistan uh, doing a job. And he said um, that he was from a certain caste. Is the same thing goes India and Pakistan. They have the same system yeah. 
Okay. Uh, except like they would have probably uh, would be the Muslim ways of doing things. And um, in India, it's, all, it, it's more the Hindu or the, yeah, you know, it'll be there. the way they do prayers or the way they do is it would be different. So beside uh, the affiliation, beside um, Hindus, Muslims, Sikh, and um, what other what other religious affiliations are they uh, are there in India? I know they, there there is a lot. There's, there's a lot, right? Uh, and depending on what area, again, it's very I think um, on the map. Depending on where you're from is you uh -huh. know there's like the Rajasthanis because that's in Rajasthan so depending on what your area is is what you'd be um, known as and, and classed as and, and even the dress changes and the the language changes so there's so many different languages in India as well I you know, the see. dialect changes within so I'm from Gujarat my or my ancestry is from Gujarat right. and within, yeah so and within Gujarat itself there's so many different dialects and the way people speak is very different as well. You know, so it, it just depends on where you're from. It, it, I must say, you know, I had never been to India until maybe about 10 years ago or 12 years ago. That was my first experience of India. And I was just gobsmacked. You know, um, just the the people, the population, the, the diversity so within India itself, the diversity is incredible. You know, so it, it opened my mind up as well. And, and you know, there, there, there's a, because everybody's got to fight for what they have, because, you know, it, it's not an easy life. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of competition. So it's, it's understanding when, you know, you meet um, someone from there and the way they are, it's understanding where they come from. I see. You know, like we might, because we live in the, in the, in the Western, or I've grown up in South Africa and it, it's been easier, right? So I don't have the need to be fighting for what I want or being competitive. Uh, so when someone else is competitive, you're like, hey, what's going on for you? But it's to understand that, hey, that, you know, where they're coming from, what they've had to deal with. Wow. Wow. You know? I know that uh, in India, it's very competitive and um, they're actually the best people as far as technology goes. And within, oh, brilliant. Within, brilliant. That, brilliant. Yes, within that field, there is tremendous competition. Yes. You know, um, and so, again, yeah. and yet a lot of them, I must say, um, the one thing, I feel like were, I, I read somewhere that it, it's the one place where, you know, um, we, we talk about mental health, especially uh -huh. during these times, right? Yeah. Mental health has been um, really rampant and people have been really, you know, depressed. And, and they found that the one place that depression isn't a big thing is actually in India because people have... Um, a faith. It's just amazing, you know, wow. the, the depth of people's faith there. Wow. Like, you know, you, you'd go to the temples there and, and people, it's just like blind faith to say, you know what, I know there's some, something bigger out there that's going to take care of it all. It's okay. 
you know, we live in this world where we have everything and everything is so easily accessible for us. Uh, and so I think we, we, we've lost that deeper faith or, or blind faith or whatever it is. Um, and that's what I found as well when I went. You know, they'd be, honestly, the, the temples there would be packed. People would stand in queues for hours to get to the altar, to get a wow. blessing, you know, um, and believe wow. that that is going to heal them or that is going to make life better or, you know, and, and they, they say that it's because of that depth of faith that, yes. you know, um, there isn't as much mental illness. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, uh, I absolutely um, feel what you're telling me as you are talking, my mind is picturing how it looks like because um, I've never been to India, but I am very familiar with the Indian culture. Uh, I do have a lot of friends, uh, customers, colleagues, and, and things like that from India. So I learn a lot and I, lo I love the Indian food. So let's move from India. Uh, we know that there is a hierarchy. We know that communication is, um, has to consider the fact that there is hierarchy is very formal and um, it's not direct. Um, it's yeah, it's not direct. <laughs> it's sort of indirect and, you know, you get a feeling for it. Um, but yes. you know, the, the new generations and the younger people are all moving away from that hierarchy and that uh, um, the caste system. Okay. You know, so it's, it's more in the rural areas that I think it's more, you know, it's, it's stronger. It's more relevant, yeah. yeah. More relevant, but in the, you know, in the cities, you know, everybody, the way they live, I must say, is, is very different. It's just the way we live here. Huh. Um, moving from India to South Africa. Yeah. We want to know, number one, is there, are there similarities between the two cultures? That's number one. And in terms of uh, relationship, business, um, rules, regulations, so on and so forth. So how would you describe so, that? I'd say, you know, it's probably easier to do business in India. I, I, I think it's less regulated. And huh? then come to South Africa and then there is sort of more regulation um, uh -huh. as much as maybe Australia. Okay. It's less, right? Um, it's easier to get around things. Uh-huh. Um, the thing that was helpful, I guess, growing up in South Africa is the apartheid system. As much as it's something that I don't agree with, uh, but when I grew up in South Africa, we actually lived... So say you have different suburbs, right? In America, you have... Um, you live in Orlando, so you have Orlando, um, and then there'd be... A, a neighboring suburb, whatever it yeah. is, like my, Miami, yeah. for instance. Uh-huh. So in South Africa, say in Orlando, you'd have all the Indians live in Orlando, and then all the Caucasians live in Miami, yes. and then um, all the local, the, the, the African South Africans would have another area that they live in. And that's how we had to actually live. So we went to a school in that area. We weren't allowed to cross, you know, going to other schools. We weren't allowed to even go to different universities. That was in my day. Today, it's all allowed. It's all opened up. But when I grew up, I went to an Indian school. Um, 
So we still followed a lot of the traditions that were going on in other way my grandparents had brought over because we still lived in the community. And because yes. close proximity of the community, um, it was easy to, you know, only have friends from that aspect. So when, yeah. however, when you went to work, so you work in the city, so then you're now intermingling with everybody else. And initially, I must say, you know, um, for me, it wasn't so tough because my dad had, I came from a small country town uh-huh. and my dad had a tailoring business and a gents outfitters. So he was a tailor, but he sold men's clothing as well. Mm-hmm. And we had all the farmers and the farmers were of Caucasian background. Okay. So they used to come and get all their clothing from dad. And so they were the customers. So I had exposure to them. You know, uh, so when I was in the shop helping dad, I would talk to them. I didn't have that feeling of hierarchy. I must say, you, you did feel like you were lesser than. Oh. Um, so it was difficult to be able to talk to them. You, have a, you wouldn't be confident enough. So even going to university, you know, your first year at university when you sort of integrating and getting to meet them or mix with, the, mix with the different, you know, Caucasians or the black South Africans was difficult because you had to, okay, is this allowed? What, you know, you're not sure. So even within the same country, there were, there were a lot of reservations as far as, yes. okay, am I allowed to interact with this group? And if I do, how would they react? React. Yes. Okay. Especially if you're not brought up uh, like the way I was, where I was exposed to everybody. So it, it was quite easy for me, you know, um, to be able to chat or have a conversation. And I think I've always felt, I've never felt different. Uh-huh. Even though I was brought up, like I grew up in South Africa. Um, okay. But I, you know, I, and my brother always tells me, you know, he calls me flower power. Um, because I've been like that. I've been this open, free spirit um, all my life. Uh-huh. You know, yet I know, you know, that my friends did find it very confrontational. Wow. To say, okay, you know, like, how do we integrate? Um, to what level are we allowed to integrate? Because even though I grew up, you know, so now say you... Um, meet someone of Caucasian background at, at university and you fall in love. So now what happens? The family doesn't accept it because you still have that, um, wow. you know, yeah. So, so, so you know, Romeo, Romeo and Juliet hasn't gone very far. <laughs> hasn't gone very far. That, that is so tough, especially if you are in the same country and, and then there is, you are grouped uh, and destined to, to be together, not only that, to stay within that group. So, how? You know, how I'll give you an I, example. Uh, so, I used to go to school, right? Um, but there was uh, one, we used to go to school by bus or by train. Um, and I remember the one weekend, it was really hot, right? Uh-huh. And uh, we were waiting on the train at the train station, and there was no one else on the platform. But the, on the platform itself, 
There was a, a seat that said whites only, and we had to stand at another, another section. How long ago? How long ago? So I've been in Australia, so say about 14 years ago. Okay. Okay. There was still 14 years ago, this was 40, still four zero, 40 years four ago. Four zero. Okay. Okay. 40 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, you I, know, and we went and said, we were just a few girls. And because it was so hot and we had walked a long way to get to the station, we were tired. And so we went and sat on the, there was no one there. The, the platform uh -huh. was totally empty. We thought, okay, we'll go and sit there. And we were asked to move because we, we weren't allowed to sit there. We were Indian. And you couldn't say anything. Wow. How is, how is work? I mean, you work, okay, I understand you live within that group. You cannot go to school to another side where they are white or they're uh, yes, black. But you can put everybody work together. But you go into the city and then you work together. And that's the thing. So when you get to work, because you haven't been exposed to these people, it, it takes a little while to, or in those days, today it doesn't. But in those days, it took a little while to sort of assimilate into the, the, the culture of it, you know, the culture of okay. everybody. And who was, um, back then, who was in the leadership? Who was in control of the leadership in businesses? That's the wife. Okay. Hmm. So mostly... It's only after I moved to Australia that, uh, you know, the leadership had changed. Yeah, and I believe it happened after Nelson Nelson Mandela, Mandela yeah. came, out, came out of yeah. uh, prison, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is uh, quite powerful. And I, I can imagine that even within the same country, there is, there is a group that is communicating one way, another group is communicating another way, and another group is doing their own thing. Exactly. Wow. You know, so everybody's coming and yet everybody's living together. Um, when they, you know, when you go to work, everybody's integrated. So when they go to work, obviously, um, whites were in charge. Everybody else had to conform. And is that how it was? So it would depend on the type of work it was at other the company. Okay. These are all multinational. Okay. But okay. in in those days, um, it was um, you know, the wife were given first preference for jobs. I see. And now it's turned around. It's the other way. It's the other way. Um, yeah. so when things turned around, how did the white deal with it? I wasn't there then. Although, although I am, I, I don't like to call. Yeah, it's not. And I don't either. I find it very uncomfortable. I, I feel very uncomfortable. I, I do to too. I do too. Yes, I do you know, too. Um, uh, let's, let's call them, um, let's, let's say for the purpose of being respectful to everyone and um, leave the color and all that stuff aside. Let's say the Caucasian. Uh, and that's why I always say, you know, the, yeah. From uh, European descent, how do they deal with the change? You know, I'm not so sure because I wasn't there at okay. the time. Um, 
and I think it would have been tough because yeah. maybe you, you, you've been used to having your way. Yeah. Um, and then to, for that to be taken away and things to, you know, now you have to fight or actually be really strong in what you do to be able to land a position or, you know, be influential to be able to, to, to get a job um, in your field. And the percentage of the population, how, how would you say? Is it equal? No. Or no? No. no. Who, who is the minority? Who is the majority as far as demographic? I would say the, um, the, the, the Indians are probably in the minority. And then you'd have the Caucasians. And then definitely the majority would be the locals. The locals. Okay. Yeah. Now... Um, how is uh, business uh, etiquette? Business etiquette in South Africa, uh, as far as time, as is it is, is it fluid? Um, let's see regulations, uh, communication. Like let's say I, I want to do business with South Africa, would I have to understand first the tribe, like the group? Unless you're working with a particular, like the tribes in the, the countryside, uh -huh. um, you'd be okay. It's, it's like everywhere else. It has okay, similar so regulation to. I don't have to understand pockets of cultures, different cultures. I would say, okay, well, here's how South African in general will yep. do business, and then I go by yep. uh, respecting that norm. Yeah, whether yeah. it's uh, for Caucasian or local, it doesn't people. matter. It, it was okay. because it would have a, a, it would have a, a standard like a blanket. You know, you want to do okay. a business with them. Yep, um, and you know, it, 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 it's such a beautiful country. I am sure. You know, I, 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 I just um, yeah. It's just I know that I know that there's a lot of talent in there, and I love the music. I love the culture. And I love the diversity in general in South Africa. Now let's move to Australia. This is probably the most comfortable. Now we left the caste system, apartheid. Um, we left the apartheid system. Apartheid system. We left the caste system. We're moving away from all of that. How was the transition? You know, I guess, like I said before, you know, because I've always felt like one with the universe, I've never looked at myself as being different. And that's why, for me, moving to Australia was really easy. Uh, the things that I found maybe um, a bit difficult were the regulation. You know, like it's, Australia is quite regulated um, when it came to things like, I, I came with a new baby. I came with a three-month-old okay. baby to Australia, right? And I was really young in those days. Um, and in South Africa, you didn't need a car seat or a capsule. You just held the baby in your hand or you had the, you know, very, yeah. so it wasn't regulated uh -huh. to that extent. You know, you got onto the motorway and you could drive. Yeah, you could really speed. You came to Australia and everybody follows the speed limit. You're driving at 100 kilometers an hour, and at the moment you're driving 102, you're going by everybody. <laughs> you know? uh, I I uh, uh, I can uh, imagine I can imagine the cultural shock in terms of regulation. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I guess the other shock for me was that I didn't have I had only um, 
one family here, just my, my husband's family was here, his brother, um, but leaving everybody else behind, you know, like my parents and the whole, it, it, was, it was different. Um, yeah. Coming here and having to start afresh uh, with no work, seeing what was available here. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, you know, I think what it really taught me is humility. Yes. And um, to appreciate just the little things. Yes. So, um, you know, the, but what I did like, the, the culture, the, the part of the culture that I did like here was, um, like, you know, the things of, you know, taking a, a child to play group and uh, having that mother's group, which is something we never had in South Africa. Yes. You know, so I learned about the support system of someone besides the family. Got it. And that, how, how did the culture, the Australian culture, how did it welcome someone of Indian background from South Africa? You know, I must say the people are very, very friendly. Australian people are very friendly. You know, everybody has time here for you. Um, so even if you're walking on the street and um, you lost, you know, you, you can stop anybody and ask and, and they'll make the time to show you where to go. Or, you know, and in those days, we didn't have a mobile phone and Google Maps. It was, uh, uh-huh. I, I had to learn to read the map to say, okay, you know, I want to go from point A to point B. Okay, you know, it's something I never had to do in South Africa. Uh-huh. You, know, you just, you grew up there, so you just knew where to go and you'd only go where you, you know, needed to go. Whereas coming to a new country, you know, to look for a house, to do anything, you had to basically find your way, you know, and there was no Google to say, okay, you know, let me search for, you know, where to buy Indian groceries. So that was one of the things that was very, um, in those days, when I came 30 years ago, so I've been in Australia uh-huh. now, 30 years. Uh-huh. And um, we couldn't get our spices or, you know, the, 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 yeah, so the Indian spices and things weren't as readily available as they are now. You know, so even though I grew up in South Africa, I still, you know, the, the, the cooking and things that I grew up with was still um, very Indian. So, you know, we came here and, um, you know, things like you know, we have something called a taro leaf and it's my husband's favorite food. Um, we were so lucky that we were able to find a, a bulb. And so we grew that in our laundry because he loved that, you know, and he loves chilies so we grew because we lived in a, in a cold climate in Canberra and uh-huh. so it wouldn't grow outdoors so we actually you know had pots in the laundry <laughs> so and grew what those city, where, remind me what city do you live um, at right now now I live in Brisbane when I ah, moved okay. to Australia we moved to Sydney so in the first nine years of living in Australia I moved house nine times oh my every okay. year on the year mark so uh, yeah, I've moved a lot of times and that in itself was such a, it's something you don't do in South Africa, right? The house that you grew up in is the house that, you know, like yes. mom and dad would have, whereas I have just moved, uh, yeah, multiple times, moved cities, countries, states, is, um, and is that every natural? time. Is, is that yeah, natural in Australian society moving like, just like here? In the U.S., I mean, pretty much there there are a lot of similarities as far as 
uh, yes. uh, communication uh, etiquette, business, so on, so yes. forth. For you, uh, what I am interested in knowing is obviously you mentioned that the transition was was easily easily done or easy for you as far it was, as uh, it, it somebody coming from South Africa, right? Yes, what, so what transition you, culturally was easy. However, we came in the you know when there was a recession, and so work was really hard. Um, in finding work was difficult, so you had to. I had to just do whatever it was that was available. And because I had the baby and no one there to take care of, the, you know, help with babysitting, like any grandparents or anything, I had to do things that um, were, I could do with the baby around. So you know, I made samosas. I don't know if you know uh, the samosas. Uh, yeah, I used to I make samosas. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, I used to make samosas and sell to the local people because we lived in an apartment. So I just did a letterbox drop. Uh-huh. I made chapatis and sold to people. Um, I used to sew curtaining because I had a sewing machine. And so, you know, I could do that while the baby was asleep. Um, and, you know, I even then bought, uh, I'd say, um, like a makeup kit and then you'd go door to door and knock so like a party plan makeup thing that was Australian brand um yeah so you know that that's where we started Mona just you know humble beginnings what do you think helped you with the easy transition uh from my open mindset your open mindset and, and that would I, not have... I love change. I, I'm okay with change and I love freedom. Have you gone through self-discovery when you moved to oh, Australia? Huge, huge. Okay, because remember in South Africa, uh-huh. I still grew, grew up with all the cultural expectations, the way things are done. And because of the type of person I am, um, I guess in some ways I used to feel restricted. Um, so, you know, I discovered me here um, because I could just be me in a, you know, um, without caring. I've come to a point where without caring what other people think or the good judgment or the bad judgment of everybody else. As long as I'm coming from my truth and integrity and love, which is where I can come from now, you know, um, and you know, we, as we grow, we, we evolving. And yeah. I guess with the birth of every child, with every move I made, um, you know, moving from city to city, things are different. And so I had to dig deep to keep upping me, you know, and, and things come up. We all have pain points, but using those pain points as a gift to grow and discover and, and, and see what it is around me that helps me to cope better with whatever's going on. And the one thing that I realized is, you know, and that's how I started doing what I do. Um, Eventually, I mean, I've done, I've worked in the corporate world. 
Uh, I've been, you know, a practice manager for a medical practice. I've owned my own business where I think you call it combos. You're living, you know, when you have like townhouses and apartment blocks, and then you have the manager that manages all condos. Yes, condos, uh -huh. condos. That's right. So I used to run a business where I actually managed 120 condos at any given time. So you know, running their meetings and their financials and doing all of that. I even ran a beauty salon not too long ago. So I even had a beauty salon, you know. So I've done a lot of diverse things, which has, you know, taken me across now, all, all, all avenues of life. Well, uh, you, you, what I'm listening to is a, is a story of someone that is hardworking, open-minded, and trying to find themselves in the society where they live. Uh, and basically that comes with the pros and cons and constant, constant um, change and evolution. Evolution. I wouldn't call it a, a struggle really because struggle, I think it's, it's, a not, it's not a struggle. It's joy. It, yes. Yes. And I'm there with you. Uh, now a quick question. I know there is a lot of diversity in, in Australia. Have you uh, have you felt any discrimination at all? Are you fully integrated within uh, the Australian uh, society? How yes. How does that feel like? How does it look like? Uh, talk oh, to us about that. I'm fully integrated into the society, you know, um, and, and it's, it's an open society. You know, they're open to learn more about your culture. You know, I mean, I've even gone and taken... Um, salsa dancing lessons because I like that or you know it, it, it's just, it, it's it's a very diverse culture here uh, there's people from all over and everybody respects everybody else's culture and you know you're still able to do um, practice your own traditions rituals. as much as you want or rituals as you want and it's respected you know so That's like I, I live in a parkland and um, the park in front of me is a place where they actually hold um, different, depending on what culture is having their Christmas or their celebration. Uh -huh. they, uh, the council would actually put up, uh, you know, something for you here. So we have, we'll have like a Latina day or we'll have like an Indian day or we'd have, uh, you know, there, there, there's even one for uh, like a refugee day when there's a whole lot of different stores put up and you get to learn about different so it, it's quite um that they try to expose the local australians to the diversity that we're living in which is beautiful and the local uh, australians obviously they're open and they're eager to know about others you may obviously you may find some that uh, that are you know um, but in all countries in all countries we have that Yes, everywhere. Um, now, and it's because, and, and you know, you, you've just got to, you've got to love them for that because they're yes, having absolutely. a moment of their own, you know, and, yes. and maybe there, there, there's a fear or there's something that's holding them back or they, they're not ready to trust yet. And that's okay. And that's okay. You're absolutely right. And you know, it's uh, being able to accept that to say, well, everybody has their own journey and they'll come to that place of acceptance and trust. When they're ready. Yes. So um, how, how do we, 
Well, I am familiar with how we do business with Australians, but you can tell us the difference. How do you do business with Australians? How do you do business with South Africans? How do you do business with Indians? You know, I think um, the language that you'd use would be very different. Um, I guess with you know with Indians you, you you'd probably be able to um, I'm not sure let's uh, with English with South Africans and Australians it's very much like how you do business in America Okay, there, South Africa, Australia, same way you do business in the U.S. Yeah, with, you see, I haven't had much dealing with business in India. Um, I, basically, I run courses, right? And um, uh-huh. they online courses. So if anybody books in for the course, they're going to just be paying online. I, so I don't have to personally deal with them. I've gone there to do my children's wedding shopping um, because they, we had traditional Indian weddings for both my children. And, um, yeah. you know, I actually found before when the, my first trip, when I went, you were able to, you know, haggle. And, but now it's become quite strict. You know, everybody says, oh, this is a set price. There's no negotiation. Um, so I think even India's beginning to be more like, hey, you know, what is on the shelf, what the price is, is what it is as opposed to how before you were able to haggle and, you know, deal or, yeah, yeah, you know, you can't do that. I I don't think it's accepted anymore, especially in the bigger cities. I haven't been to the smaller cities or or the smaller towns or the country towns, Uh um, where I think that would still be, you know, you would still be able to do that and, you know, do a little bit of, it's like, I guess, going to any other Asian place, right? I've traveled a lot. I mean, we've traveled in China, uh-huh. we've traveled um, to Myanmar. So, you know, I guess that there's a very, there's similarities with the Asian communities in the, um, the countryside. The cities all have what you have in America, what you have in Australia is what the cities have. It's a, a similar lifestyle, uh, similar way of business, you know, you have your big corporations, all of that. It's when you go into the country okay, so that you've got to be, I think, more more careful. Yeah, more, any, more careful any, in terms more of careful how and yet you, easier. you approach them. Yes. 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 Um, obviously, um, in here, I would do business. Uh, I would use the direct approach. Here is what it is. Um, here's how it's done. Yep. Here, so. Is that the same the same way in India and South Africa? Yeah, you know pretty that's much. How, yeah, it, it is pretty much the same way. Uh, you know, it depends on the level of the business as well, right? Whether you know how big yeah. all your business is. So on on my level, it's just very local, right? But then when you come to the big corporations, the big corporations would be multinational, so they work on the international ways. But say the medium sized yes. um, stores would be, yeah, you, you, you could sort of smile and, oh, come on, you know, I'm sure you could do better than that. Uh, and you, you, you'd probably get away with it. <laughs> you know? um, so, 
you know, at the end of the day, I think the world has become so small and we all travel across the board so much that we're very similar. Yes. You know, uh, just on our, on, on our everyday life, I think we're very similar. And people are, are very similar in, in um, the way they relate, the way, the way they want to relate. And, you know, at the end of the day, as well, Mona, we must remember, what are, as a human being, what are your, your, your basic needs? To be heard, to be loved, to be respected. To be respected, yeah. You know, and if you, 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 you respected and you loved and you, you heard, you're okay. It doesn't matter what language you're speaking in. It doesn't matter which country you're from. Yeah. As long as you're communicating from a space of heart center. Yeah. Um, and that for me, as far as business goes, I, business is about relationship and communication. You know, um, even work, it doesn't matter what degree you have, it doesn't matter. At the end of yes. the day, it's your communication skills. Yeah. And your personality. Exactly. Your personality, how you approach, how you present yourself, how you approach people and, and the way you approach them. And uh, what do you say? And that what do you say basically is what a pe lot of people uh, stumble on when they, they're trying to sell um, in a culture that is not familiar to familiar. them. They, they don't know. Okay, is this a door I should be knocking? And a lot of people, because of that, they shy away and they stay back and they never try. Yeah. And the difference and the gap gets larger instead of getting closer. Closer, yeah. This program, you know. this podcast, obviously, um, one of the reasons is just that. Okay, let's bridge this gap. Let's yes. tell you about the, the, these people. And hopefully... But you know what, Mona? The, the one thing yeah. that I do find is that... Sorry to cut you off there, but um, being honest and open you know, so when I ran the, the, the condo management business, right, uh -huh. I had come to the end of my tether and I was ready to, um, I was going to sell the business. Uh -huh. But before I sold the business, I went and I spoke to some of the developers that I used to work with that used to give business to me, right? And I said to them, you know, just yeah. letting you know um, that I'm actually going to be selling the business uh, because this is what's going on, you know, uh, for me. I, I, I'm I've been totally stressed out and uh, it's not working for me right now. And the, the response I got, so let's remember that developers are like, it's a, it's a male dominated yes. area, right? Was, oh my God, you know, like, who are you? And I said, why? They said, you know, people don't talk about these things. Like, you know, we would have to got a letter in the mail from someone saying, um, okay, so the business is now sold. And I said, but that's not how I do business. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If I'm going to be working with you, you will know exactly where I'm at. Yeah. You know, transparency for me is very important. Yeah. So even when I ran the, the, the beauty salon, you know, transparency with my staff was really important. You know, yes. they had the key to the front door, um, and they knew that the way that we worked in that salon was with love and integrity. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, we all thrive um, 
towards integrity, honesty, loyalty, all these good traits, moral uh, traits that moral values. Values. <laughs> values. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the world doesn't operate that way. So we cannot, uh, I, I can sit here the whole day and say, hey, this is who I am. This is how I operate. Exactly. But then when you put me in the middle of a large group of people, which is called a culture, that yeah. becomes different. I have to understand uh, the realm within, uh, within, 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 where where do these people stand? How do they do business? What, yeah. so, what is it that I have to understand? You know, then the then, then you'd ask the question directly is to say, no. so you know, um, this is what uh, my need is. What what are you hearing? Because it's what yeah. in what they're hearing when they answer the question, what have they heard in what you've requested? Is, yes, you'll get the answer of how they do business. Yes. Now, let me, let me ask you one thing. We haven't talked about this. Gender difference. How, how, is, how are we women seen in business in India, in South Africa, and Australia? What's, how can you tell us what's the difference and what to expect as far as gender variation? You know, it's the same. Like, I mean, you know, you know, even though America is as far ahead as it is or, or it believes it is, uh -huh. Women don't have as much say or input as they would like to, right? Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, you know, for who the, the top women in uh, most of the companies or the mm -hmm. top people in most companies are still men. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, it doesn't matter. Whatever is going, it's the same everywhere. Um, I guess in India, you know, uh, Again, not in the cities. Yeah. It's more in the countryside where women are, are, are still kept under wrap, where they're yes. allowed to do a lot. You know, they're still very domesticated. Yes. Or, or expected to, you know, be in the home. Uh, not allowed to go out and work even in some areas or maybe just do, you know, the farming. So it, it depends on the where they the, they say situated okay. and in South, South Africa, Africa um, you know even in South Africa you'd have like you have the mining community and so you'd have the men would go out to the mines and then the ladies are left back at home I see I see you know um, and that's only those that are coming again from the farming areas or from the rural areas those that are living in the cities, you know, everybody goes out and works. So if we want to make a, a major decision, um, obviously we, we have uh, e either in Australia or South Africa or India, um, how does it work if we're making a major financial, this is a family, me and my husband, as an mm -hmm. example, and we are trying to make a major financial decision, either buying a building, a house, whatever it is. Um, how does the process of getting both couple, as far as um, the husband and wife, how how does it work in these cultures? I, I am I'm assuming so, Australia will be the same thing. How about South Africa and India? Will you know? I I think it, it would come across it would come across better if your if your husband was doing the dealings. 
Okay. And basically the woman is just there. Is, is she there a present or uh, not present? If she's present. You know, she, I have been present in, in, in both of those conversations, you know? Okay. Um, so I say in today's world, most women are present or want to be present. Um, and then again, it also depends on, it's very, very individual. Because yes. There are some people where, you know, the, the, the male is still very dominant. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very blessed that I'm in a relationship where um, my husband's very open with me and he respects me to the degree that we, that we do everything together. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, that's however. Yeah, however, yeah. You know, I can tell you, you know, I, I have uh, acquaintances where it, it's not like that. Yes, yes, I completely okay. understand. So um, even, especially in our generation, I guess the younger generation, like I look at my sons and um, my daughter and how, you know, they, their relationships are and, you know, how they do everything together and they, they, they there's no like one is better than the other or one has more, you know, tools. It's so different, and then I, I learned so much from them. You know, just watching Absolutely. their relationships and how they uh, work things out. Absolutely. So basically, women still have a lot of work to do. Um, not just yeah. not just in one kind of society, but in all societies. In all societies. All societies. Um, I think we, we we our level of acceptance. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the acknowledgement that we get needs the to be. acknowledgement. Okay. Needs yeah. obviously. Yeah, you know, um because we are we have a lot to offer. But to, Absolutely. to, to be, you know, to acknowledge what we have to offer and to, to allow us to have our voice. Yes. Yes. Um uh, is, is very important. Absolutely, absolutely. I've uh, learned a lot. I guess we've been talking for an yes. hour. I cannot believe the hour. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I know, I know. We want to uh, stay talking for a long time, but I guess we have to wrap it up. And before we wrap it up, uh, uh, what's your final word for people wanting either to do business with India, South Africa, uh, Australia. Yeah. What is your final statement for them? And then after that, you can tell people where they can find you. So, you know, for me, there's just one word. Yeah. And that word is love. Yeah. And if you come from that space and you know that you've been true to yourself, speak in that language. Because that language will cross every culture, I believe. I every agree. Sense of diversity, every color, every creed. Um, and if they don't understand it, then send them love and just feel sorry for them. Yeah. Because it's so uh, important when you come from that space. Yes, I agree with you. Absolutely yeah. agree with you. Um, um, I personally see see people. Um, I treat everyone equally. I see people as equal. 
I um, don't differentiate. Okay, this one is this color, that color. I see the people for who they are. Because everyone has, has a story. Everyone has some baggage. Everyone has um, a challenges. Why don't we welcome them with open heart and open mind and listen, and just listen uh, and give people opportunity. They don't, I, I won't say opportunity to prove themselves, but give them the opportunity to express who they are. Who they are, exactly. You know, um, and so that's where I, I tell you, so you could find me on um, Instagram, on uh -huh. Facebook, on YouTube. Um, it's Rita Mystery. And what I do is that's what I actually help people with, Mona, is I help people to connect with their identity. To, so I do, I run virtual vision board workshops, which I'm holding on the 19th uh, for the Americans. Um, I'm doing it on your time. Okay. So that you could do it on the Sunday, the 18th. It's your evening. It's my morning. Uh-huh. Um, and then I do a, a program, a 27-day program called Color for Clarity, which takes you through your home, takes you through your colors, takes you through foods, takes you through affirmations to get clear on your identity, to become your authentic self, to release wow. that baggage that's holding you back from well, being able to love and accept people and love and accept yourself, first of all. Because Absolutely. we cannot give love externally if we don't feel love internally. Absolutely. I agree with, with you. Amen to that. Um, maybe we should, uh, we should talk uh, later on about having some type of workshop for people here as well about finding out or discovering their identity and their colors and uh, yeah. their so that workshop is done. So that workshop is actually done online. The 27 day oh. program, you know, uh, they can go to my website and have a look at it. And what's you your know? website, uh, Rita? It's what's your Rita Mystery? RitaMystery.com. R I E T A M I S T R Y dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you know, um, and everybody out there, you know, seriously, if there's anything that I can, this, this is one program that has really helped a lot of people just reconnect their heart, yeah. their soul, which is really important. So yes. thank you for having thank me, Mona. So Do I say namaste? Yes, you can say namaste. Um, you know. How do you say it in South Africa? Or sabona, which is like hello. Sabona is hello. So again, it's different ones. In Afrikaans, it's a hukhandet. Or, or that, that, that seems is goodbye in Afrikaans. Okay, Thompson. Thompson. Thank you so much, Rita, for your time. It's been a pleasure. I enjoyed it so much. And oh, hopefully, we will have this again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mona. Bye. Bye bye. bye. Thank you.